what is going on everybody i am crash i am joined by buffner gaming to let's i'm gonna get this right my my left your right nope my right your left and to my left your right big fry what's up man man of the hour what's big up fry. guys hello hello you, yeah thanks for joining us dude this is gonna be a lot of fun oh um, yeah yeah we got a lot to talk about so i won't try to bullshit around too much but a couple housekeeping things super super quick um, if you guys are new to the podcast uh, from Big Fry's Awesome Community, um, we do keep chat on the screen so you can check it out when people watch the VOD. So what you guys say is important to us. That is on the screen. It's also broadcast. It's not a big deal. Don't get excited about it, but it is broadcast on more channels than the Super Bowl. So it's not a big deal. So you can see what people are saying on the other channels. Also, shout out to our one podcast listener. You've been re-downloading it a bunch more times, and we really, really appreciate that. Um, I think I think that's it uh buff i can't thank you enough for joining us too i figured um you would probably not be able to join i thought you might have been your family might have been part of that uh lawsuit for playing too much Fortnite. you're addicted to it and you quit showering and eating and stuff no you know me man i'm just hot pockets over here in the microwave and Fortnite it up so you know i i took a quick break to join you guys i figured it might be worth it and i even whipped out the play carrier and i got the steel in there so i I'm ready to go. You are ready. You're ready for battle. And then, I'm um, ready. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that these parents are actually suing their kids. They're suing um, Epic Games for their kids playing too much Fortnite. And I was like, I expected to see your picture in the article buff, but I, I was, <laughs> I was glad I didn't. <laughs> and Fry, how are you doing, man? Good, man. Just kind of busy as hell, but just working along. Wanted to take yeah. some time to come chat. So dude, I can imagine you're so busy and I super, super, I'm, gonna say it way too much and probably be irritating about it but i really I, I really know. appreciate it i, I want to hear it again much. though okay thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy day to talk with us yeah, over yeah, here yeah. on this program hell yeah so, dude. yeah if you guys are really not very good with the internet and don't know who big fry is um this is his channel uh youtuber that i've been a fan of for an incredibly long time and he's been on the show before we kind of covered um if you guys want to go back and listen to it you can um we covered about how he became a content creator and some of the games and stuff he's talked about, but we do have stuff to talk about today. Big, big news that he revealed last week, his new FPS game. This man is putting the FPS genre on his shoulders. Oh, don't, don't, no, don't do that. Not that don't, part? Don't, no, don't, don't, okay. don't hype it up that far. Right. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> this man is coming out with a video game. And yeah, uh, that worked? All right. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I don't want to yeah let's just get right into it that's what everybody's here for yeah let's do it let's do it let's so in. so as someone i'm gonna this is no, i'm gonna tell you these are hard-hitting questions oh i um, can't wait so you have been if you followed big fry for a while and i have i but he's been critical of indie games in the past yeah. which i think rightfully so why did you feel the need to stick your neck out because i feel like there is a little bit of risk on your end um with your reputation because you've talked bad about indie games in the past and the predatory practices of those which i want to talk about too yeah. but why did you feel the need to, to to take a little bit of a risk and come out with one on your own you know uh there's yeah a lot of risk um but earlier this year we kind of just we wanted to meme on some of the crypto 
you know, metaverse stuff that was going on. And um, I got together with Frosty and Flo and uh, a couple other guys. And we wanted to just make a like this fake metaverse kind of meme trailer. And we, we dropped some money. We got some ships off the marketplace and we just put together this trailer. <clears throat> and it looked really, really good. Like these guys made this hanger module that like, if we were to put that onto a website and tell people this is what we were making, it would look legit. And after that, I kind of got the bug. I was like, man, we could really do something if we had the right, you know, structure and had had a, a little bit of money to throw at it. Like we could we could do it. Um, and it kind of just built from there, you know, and years of, of shitting on indie games. Of course, it's going to bring I mean, they're they're out there watching. They're waiting, you know, and I, I get it. But. I don't know. I think I think we're delivering on on what we on what we set out to deliver so far. So, yeah, it looked really good. Um, if you guys haven't seen, they did reveal last week. Um, he also put out a blog where he talked about what they've been working on so far. That kind of went into deeper detail, and some of my questions are going to come from that. And then also yeah. just the standalone trailer, which um, I want to say from my standpoint, I love seeing that behind the scenes stuff. That's why I've been a really big fan of following what Road to Vostok is doing. I love yeah. like just knowing what's going on and how you get there. And there's just a lot of like candidness and and honesty to it that that i respect quite a bit um what are i touched on this a little bit what what are some of those issues with the indie games that you think are like a little bit predatory and stuff that that you've seen we don't have to call any out if you don't want to if you want to i don't care but oh man fuck off no honestly like (laughs) you want me to type them in i'll put them in the ticker if you want me to type them out yeah honestly though um so when my channel first started i didn't really understand the problems um, and, uh, you know, ever since I kind of went into it and have grown over the years, it's gotten increasingly worse. But one of, one of the big problems that I have is Unreal Engine, Unity, they both have marketplaces where if you're an aspiring developer and maybe you're not on a team, you're real creative, you can create blueprints, you can create art assets, you can create all of these different things to put up for people to use to kind of help build out their titles right and if if you needed art assets because you're a one-man band you can use them but what what i found is over the years people just buy a bunch of these assets they spend a couple of weeks putting them together and then they flood the store with them asking 20 30 sometimes even more than that some of the games i've covered in the past you could tell they built it in a week with nothing that's their work they tell people that you know, we're going to build this together with the community, but you can clearly see that whoever's putting it out there, they don't have the actual knowledge and know-how to bring it to the finish line. So to me, that's that you're, you're lying to people. You're just trying to get a buck and then you disappear like, and, and my channel's a graveyard of games that have done exactly that, right? So we, we set out with the idea of just going and doing it ourselves and seeing how far we can get by not really touching those marketplace assets and and just kind of building it all custom and showing people what it actually means to build something with passion and not for, you know, just trying to make a quick buck and disappear. Nice. So, so is is that the first time that you thought I, I want to make a video game or has that been kind oh, of like a long dream like from back from the past i mean fuck i've been a gamer all my life right like even in high school i always talked about like it'd be so cool if you could make your own video game and obviously that's just the dream stuff you see like the halos and the gears of wars and you're like i want to be like that right um but i knew that once this channel started to kind of grow and and take off i knew that one day i would be in a position to be able to do it um it just you need all the stars to align and earlier this year all the stars aligned we started doing game jams and that was my foot in the door of kind of seeing how 
indie developers work and how development can work in a short time frame. And then we took some of that knowledge and we just, we brought the right people in and just kind of got the ball rolling. And here we are. Were the, were the game jams a little bit of scout and talent or like seeing what was out there or did it just happen you know, to kind of work out? It happened to kind of work out. The Our winner of last year's was uh, Frankie. And when I saw what he built in a week, it blew my mind. Um, he made an FPS where the the topic of that game jam was like early access bugs and mistakes, but use them in a proper way and make a, a gameplay out of it. And so he made it because my, my signature move on my channel is if I can find the edge of your map and jump off of it, I'm jumping off of it and I'm going to laugh about it because it's funny. Um, so he took that and he made it so you kill all these enemies on the level, you jump off and then it drops you onto another level. So he took that idea and just turned it into a gameplay feature. And I thought it was genius. And then when we got the idea of working on an FPS, we brought him, we brought Frosty and those two together. They, they, were, they came to me and they were like, give me 30 days. Give us 30 days. We'll crank out a prototype and we'll prove to you that we can do it. Because my biggest thing is like you said, man, jumping into the indie space, people are gunning for me. They, right. they, a lot of people hate me. A lot of people love me, but there's a lot out there who want to see it fail. And so my thing was, if we can't pull off an FPS, then we're just not going to do it. And they hit me back three weeks later. And f some, man, 90% of the games I covered on my channel didn't even touch the feel of that prototype. So I was like, yeah, we're, we're doing this 100%. We're going to figure it out. That's awesome. Is that, and Buff, stop me if you have a, a question or anything. Tell me to shut my mouth. Um, <laughs> but that that prototype is that the one that you mentioned in the dev blog uh from i think you said uh may 2022 yeah so at the time we were we were running a game jam uh and that was uh a thing in and of itself um but right after that uh frankie and frosty got together and they started designing this prototype we spent the month of may um kind of seeing how their progress was going we spent uh, time drawing up design documents and if this were to go like what would we want to do when would we start and then once we kind of got it solidified and we played it and we were like yeah we're gonna do it we spent pretty much the last like two weeks of may um you know setting up our initial contracts and just kind of setting up all the business stuff ahead of time kind of getting ready to go into june which june 1st was day one for us so Cool. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened fast. We'll talk about that yeah. a little bit too. Um, to get yeah. where what we've seen in the trailer is is pretty unbelievable, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So when you when <laughs> yeah. you saw that when you saw that prototype, was there something in that that clicked that you saw or like, hey, we can do this, or was it just kind of the overall thing? So the proto it? the prototype was initially the the gunplay felt. I mean, it was obviously early, and I wasn't going to sit there and tear it apart because a they weren't charging for it or anything, right? But it felt early, but it felt good enough, you know. And what they had when you were kind of walking through these corridors is Frosty developed this procedural generated level with his art assets that kind of propagate all of the rooms that you're in. And if you start stop the game and then start it again, the entire layout's different. Nice. And so I saw that and I was like, you guys developed this in two weeks. Like what, what the hell? So for me, it was all the parts put together. The art style that he came was this kind of like nineties, more cell shaded look. And I was like, it'd be so cool if we developed a shooter that felt as smooth as I know we can make it, but had a art style and, you know, kind of take a lot of things that we, we enjoyed growing up and combining it all together and just kind of seeing what happens. And, um, 
yeah, everything about that prototype clicked for me. They had AI working that could like see you in the dark or they knew, you know, they could hear where you're running. Like, and it was, it was just in three weeks. I was like, this is a full gameplay loop that some of these guys I've covered don't even, they, they, they wish they could have this kind of talent. So yeah, stars just aligned for us really. That's really cool. Um, then the other thing, so it started out procedural and I, I've always been excited when I hear that because I'm I'm someone who always wants more maps. Like I want more content and more maps. Mm -hmm. And I've always seen like procedural stuff as a way to solve that, like kind of less yeah. work on the front end to make new maps and stuff like that. But you you went away from that, right? For this for this yeah. story. So um the problem with procedural is it's really cool and you're right it can cut that load down and in, in, in having to make everything unique right but what we found was because we wanted to go single player um it was hard working with ai navigation and then also with the prop kind of propagating throughout these rooms we had shelves that were kind of glitching into walls and it just for us because we knew we had to deliver quality we couldn't afford to have those kind of mistakes show up um, so it was just, let's just do it handcrafted and that way we can control where the AI patrol, where they, where they can move, you know, where this shelf is placed and everything is just custom to us. So that's cool. Yeah. I want to talk about how that came to be too. Yeah. Um, did you, did you get a chance to see the trailer buff you watched? Yeah, I did. I watched it multiple times and I loved it. And I think Ooh. I, <clears throat> the one question I had to ask big fry was sure. What's it feel like making your game is superior to the newest Battlefield. What does that feel like? <laughs> I, I, man, I wouldn't. I'll be. I'll be honest, man. Uh, if I it, put me a year ago, and if I saw this trailer, I'd be exactly the same way. Man, Battlefield. Like we we've given them a lot of shit. Um, they they got a lot of shit going on in that game. You know, right. I, I I've I've found a lot of respect for. You know, they they've done a lot of things wrong, and I'll, I'll never let that go. But seeing you know the battlefield and like people ripping apart things about mm. modern warfare and i'm sitting here like i know what we're doing on our constraints right. at our level those guys the, the, fuck me like i i couldn't even imagine being a studio head at dice you know running yeah. that many people with that many moving parts that's crazy yeah. i always and i always feel oh go ahead i was just gonna say i i can especially because you now are creating your own game yeah with a team you can see it from a different perspective and like when i I went to college for like web development, but we did the same thing. I mean, you mentioned game jams and we would do, we would do game jams at my college and we would do, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours of just straight yeah. in the labs doing, doing that. Um, so you definitely get a, a different perspective, but I do have to say like you're the trailer I saw, obviously I haven't seen anything outside of the trailer, but sure. The trailer, like definitely, I mean, there's a lot there that I think we could have just like a four hour show. with just Q and a, because there's so much there as far as, the engine the assets and i know you covered so much of it in the video yeah but i mean the weapons and the graphics i think you know i mean not even comparing it to just if we were just compared to battlefield but there's so many other triple a games out there and just other indie games but what you guys created looks very very grounded and realistic i love the weapons the assets the uh the animations everything looks i mean you it looks like a triple a game yeah because triple a i mean not that triple a has fallen so far but we're in a weird a weird time and your game supersedes everything in my mind from what i'm seeing I mean, the trailer 
I'm excited to get into this. And, and <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, like, yeah, I know the team's watching right now, and I know they really appreciate that. The the big thing that um, it, it, we're we're unorthodox. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if we were to talk about every system that we want to see in the game that's not in there yet, some dev teams would probably go that route first. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, we knew that we we knew we had the gameplay, like the 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 gunplay that you guys are seeing there. We had that smoothed out and and kind of at this level probably a month in you know and that's just that's just frankie just being a fucking mad lad genius um and i knew we had something after the first month and so for me the the big thing was how do we go from what we had in the prototype to what you guys see now and how can we do it with the maps being as, as big as they are and we haven't even really dived into that nobody really knows how big these maps are and what we're actually pulling off i'm we we reserved ourselves a lot in this trailer um but i'll say if we were to deep dive what we actually have in in the engine in the build right now there's so much more going on that i think would impress people even more so i, I think for a first showing we're we we, we did pretty well oh, but it's gonna, it's been a lot definitely. yeah definitely. we're gonna talk about maps you just hold on to your <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i want to oh, talk about it man. cool so yeah, I agree. And I've always, I wanted to say, like, talking about heads and dice, dude, I've always felt so bad for those positions of, like, middle yeah. management to where it's, like, you have, you want to build this game, but you have all these moving parts, and then you have yeah. EA, like, telling you what to do. It's, like... Well, and, man, for me, like, just thinking about, like, we always, we always talk about the, the good old days of dice, Battlefield 3 and stuff like that. They don't have near as much overhead back then as they do now. But now you got to realize that we're talking multiple studios, all with their hands in the same basket so you're navigating not only one art team you're navigating multiple art teams and everything has to be cohesive the the structure there is insane and there's so much jumping through loot uh through you know hoops and stuff just to get things in there you know i was really critical of them after their first season when they just showed some sandbags and and crates being thrown around their map but knowing what i know now and how many people are involved that's got to go through their art department to make sure that those look as good as where they're placing it. They got to go through the gameplay department to make sure that it feels well and it flows like, and that's one studio. Then it's got to reach out to another. Yeah. And Frosty also says to uh, made during COVID. Now I will say right. I'm getting sick right. and tired of the COVID excuse. Cause I, I, I really think that our team is a testament to what you can do when you're yeah. working remote. I have some know? questions about that but, too. Yeah, but when it comes to working remote with just that many, it, it's really just the people, man. There's so much bloat in all these studios. That's what's killing them. These guys have gotten too big to to manage an actual video game. And that's why all of these games we grew up playing were in better states than they are now. It, it's, yep. it's easy to see. I think I, I, think I came to that realization because I just had kind of a blind hatred for the game when it came yeah. out. Because yeah a oh, lot of reasons but probably spent but six then, months roasting those guys you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then when we had the ea developer on here when jim joined us i, I learned a lot and i ended up yeah. like having a, a lot bigger respect and i'm sure like dev- like working on developing your own game you learn oh, yeah. like holy shit this is way harder than i thought but, yeah so if things if things are gonna go wrong they they or if things can go wrong they most likely will and like like i said when you're just at that level there's it's exponential yeah, I, I can't imagine like just the stuff yeah. he was working on. He, and he also talked about just the sheer size of the teams, like in their Slack channels, like how many people were in there. Yeah, talking. Wow. It was just, yeah. It's, it like, sounded like a, it sounded like a, a nightmare as far as communication goes. Just yeah. so many different teams doing different things and then trying to meet is yeah. logistically just terrible. Yeah, that's exactly it. 
I think if dice was as big as they were in 2013, like team size wise, we would have much better titles. Yeah. And that's weird to say, but the tools now, like, well, you guys can see it here. The tools now, like these guys could crush this shit if they didn't have to jump through that many hoops. Mm. Yep. Yep. That's, and that, yeah, that's perfectly what Jim said too. Like, cause they have so many issues with frostbite and so many people working on that. If they use a third party yeah. engine that another company got the bolt nuts and bolts work and they didn't have to worry about that and could just iterate yeah. on it. It'd be a lot better. hundred percent. Anyway. And I think like really quick, I mean, with dice, uh, Jim said that they were basically working 24 seven. So it was one team turns it over to the offshore team and they yep. keep going. I mean, I'm sure you guys are not working 24 seven and, and look at what you've done, you know, in just a few months. It's crazy. Yeah. That, that's one thing that uh, I don't think anybody realizes. So we did this in six months, right? And what they don't realize is everybody on our team is part-time. Yeah. So Frosty's working on multiple projects and he has a full-time job. Same with Frankie. Like we're, we're all doing other things outside mm -hmm. of this. So for us to come back and be able to do what we've done in this amount of time, it, it's just, it goes to show you like mm -hmm. trip, the AAA space is hurting. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, to get into the, into transients a little bit, um, you sure. mentioned um, it's a stealth action, single player, tactical FPS, unreal four engine. Yep. Uh, inspired by Max Payne, Splinter Cell, and Rainbow. Uh, what is it about those games that were special to you? Uh, growing up, why you wanted to incorporate that as your inspiration? So, for for me, man, like I I, I miss I I've been if you've been a fan of the channel, I I've been bitching at Ubisoft for years. I've been waiting for a good Rainbow Six. Been waiting for a good Ghost Recon, and it's simply just because the the worlds that they built and the narrative that they had were just like maybe it's because they hit at a time in my life where I just I just really gravitated towards it. Um, but if you were to break it down, like Max Payne, Max Payne just had awesome arcadey gameplay. But it had a story that, I mean, I, I can't even think of another game that had that kind of narrative, that noir style, almost like a, you know, New York detective, um, you know, murder mystery. Like it had every beat that I think games just miss nowadays. Um, and then if you were to look at games like Splinter Cell, I mean, Sam Fisher, main character, absolute killer. And he's in a world that's very dark. Um, I, I loved, I, I, it's weird. I didn't really get into Metal Gear. Splinter Cell was kind of my my stealth game of choice back then. And I, I loved it, man. I remember we went camping. Uh, my parents, we, we went out to this camp park and um, I brought my PlayStation and my TV. We ran a extension cord out to the tent and I was playing chaos theory out in the dark. Like it's just, I, th I think it just hit at a time where I just really, really needed it. And um, they just kind of stuck with me. So, and I feel like the industry has gone away from it. Like you look now and we watch game awards and E3 and it's all just this, you know, bright and vibrant and jumping and wall running and all this shit that we have just seen for the last eight to eight to nine years and i'm just so sick of it so I, and it's weird because like you you'd think that you know we we went through an entire generation where games looked exactly like what you guys are seeing here maybe not like you know quality of visual wise but that vibe right mm -hmm. so you'd think that we would be you know labeled generic and some people have but you see a lot of people they're like this is really unique to the shooter space it shouldn't be that way we should have always had these games because there's always a market for them you know yep i think yeah it's been that's been the frustrating thing is i couldn't tell if it was like me getting older or games just like getting geared towards a younger audience consistently with like cosmetics yep. and vibrant stuff because i maybe fortnite did that to everybody i don't know it like did oh, for, for, that. 
you can't you can't blame just Fortnite. The the trend was definitely going that way. But when we were kids, or at least when I was a kid, there were so many games geared towards adults, like gritty, you know, just like adult themed military and all that stuff. And now we're adults where you think we would have just an abundance of those games. <laughs> yeah. And now everything is tailored to kids. It's like the it's always been the exact opposite. But at one point, at least we were being fed with it, right? Now there's there's nothing like the vibe that you guys are seeing in this trailer on the market right now, unless you're talking modern warfare. And even then give it two months and you're yep. going to see the skins and all of that shit come out. And, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's really it. Unless you look at, at games like ready or not ground branch there, there are games, right. But nothing on grand stages, you know? Mm. Exactly. Yep. And then um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the decision to go single player. Um, yeah. What I guess it kind of makes sense to me, like the kind of walk before you run thing. Um, but what would you say to critics of that who are like, because uh, I, I saw a lot of people in your chat that are like, well, it's not multiplayer. I thought we like we need multiplayer. How is it going to be replayable? Like, I, how, how would you address that? Um, so for me, man, I want multiplayer too. Like I, the first day of the team, it was just like, what kind of game do we want to make? And I said, we got to do multiplayer. We got to have at least co-op. And <clears throat> my team who are, built of smarter and more talented people than I am tell me that they they just don't feel comfortable because they know we want to do it right we're not going to just buy an asset that gives us a multiplayer framework and then right. we go to town right people will fucking destroy us for it so for us it was a matter of we don't have the resources or the manpower to do it correctly so why try to do it correctly and fail like so many other games have let's just prove to everybody we can do it and then go from there and then in the next game if we well, we want to do co-op if this one goes well co-op in the next one and then dip our feet into actual pvp multiplayer um so what we would do is we would just have to take whatever assets that we've created for this game all the front end work and just kind of rebuild some of this stuff to make sure that it's replicated over a network we have to worry about things like third person animation so it's easy to do a first person single player game when you don't have to show somebody else who's in your game any sort of animation right like th there's so there's just so much more work that goes into it and granted we're we're fighting our ai that's our big challenge right now so there's work here but it's not the same kind of workload that would come with doing multiplayer right off the bat. So I'd rather I'd rather do a good game now and, and succeed than try try our dream project on the first one and just completely botch it. Um, yeah, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I think that was an incredibly mm -hmm. smart decision. And I was really happy yeah. to see that because it just makes I'm sense. Glad, like, man. like just pick pick something that's achievable. I see. Mm -hmm. I feel like I see so many games fail that are just too ambitious yep. and they bite off more than they can yeah. chew. And I was I was actually yep. uh, really relieved see that um i'm glad man that would that was a risk honestly like when we we assessed it and i knew that we would take the criticism and that's why right off the bat as soon as i announced it was it's single player the first thing i needed to get out in that video was why we decided to do it so yeah yep i think that's i think that's really smart so you can deliver on yep. what you promise and don't over promise stuff yeah um, i just want i wanted to set expectations i i hope we did so i think so um so you're in uh new houston in 2056 yeah and then i i kind of chuckled um whenever i think it was on your live stream after you did the dev blog where you're talking about uh companies have taken over the world and then you're like well that's not that different than it is now it's not it's not and and that's that's the thing man when people think 2056 they're thinking super sci-fi 
ours is not sci-fi it's if you could imagine what the world will actually be like in 20 years we're we're hitting some tones where we're it's going to be pretty accurate um but the big thing without spoiling too much about the lore is um the corporations that we have in this world um they they fund the military with technology now so it's not the other way around where the united states or, or wherever is you know got these secret bases with all of this hidden tech the corporations have surpassed the military and so as they're kind of providing them with the military tech now they basically have all the control so that's kind of where it's being set up so yeah i think having a believable premise mm -hmm. like that just helps with immersion yeah. in a single player story that makes a lot of sense well, now is the thing too about like playing Tom Clancy games back in the day is all the shit that was going on in these kind of near future environments, like is shit you could actually see happening in the next five to 10 years. And I think that's why it was so great to play those too. And I think we're hitting those same kind of vibes. Yep, I agree. Um, so the cutscenes are something else that I noticed. You showed a little bit of those in the dev blog mm -hmm. that are more uh, kind of comic book style with like the text and stuff on the yep. screen and the panels revealing themselves. Um, mm -hmm. what were the, I was just curious, what are some of the advantages to that art choice? And like, how is it with, how is the voice editing and pacing to tell a story in that, with that style? Yeah. So that's, I mean, heavily inspired by Max Payne. And the reason for that is a, I, I, I really enjoyed the way they did it. And when you look back at the simplicity of it, it, it put a lot of emphasis on the actual narrative and what was going on on screen in the story. Right. And for us, like we doing 3d rendered cutscenes and trying to play with the big guys to do that is is just out of our wheelhouse we don't have we don't have again the resources money the time to do any of that um so we decided to kind of go and look back at max Payne as a because we're, we're hitting the same kind of neo-noir vibe um and it, it's more or less just like we can tell this story in a good way um, and hopefully we can keep people engaged with it, but how do we do cutscenes without breaking the fucking bank? And we kind of landed on that. And it was like, okay, well, I, I liked it back then. I wonder how people would think. And that was, again, another one of those things like we like it on paper. We got these screen tests. It comes back. It looks good internally. Will people fuck with it? Um, yeah, so yeah, I look forward to it because I'm like I'm an, I'm really old in real life but like I kind of came yeah. to gaming later so this is going to be one of the first games I experienced with that so like there's cool. there's got to be a whole generation that hasn't experienced that kind of storytelling yet so I, I think it I think Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um so uh how how is the writing workflow cuz I I would imagine like I feel like people even just writing or or <laughs> even making short films struggle with telling a story. Yeah. Like I can't imagine that being easy. So how was like your writing workflow with like editing and iterations and sending it back and taking notes and stuff like that? Yeah, so uh so True Doom is our narrative writer and what he's what we kind of started with was he had this idea for again like these corporations kind of taking over and and funding the government and he kind of just built it out from there he built out the the lore the corporations he kind of built out all the characters that we're going to see in the game and then it was kind of like okay well the story is you are part of this collective of mercenaries or or assassins um and you end up on basically you end up getting red listed um and the question is to why so the whole game is basically a mystery of what's going on who betrayed you and how are you going to get revenge um and so when it when it comes to narrative a lot of the stuff is handled by true doom he sends he sends us documents just full of shit 
Like we, we're running on like eight different narrative documents, one for the corpse, one for the characters, one for the actual dialogue that's going to be happening within the levels, one for overarching narrative. We have so much, we, so many documents of words, and it's all about figuring out what the player is going to be doing within the level as we're kind of building it, figuring out the objectives to kind of tie back into what the story is actually what's going on. So in one level, we're going to be going to a server facility to do something. So we have to design that around what the objectives are going to be and how from the beginning to the end, how does it push the story forward? So cool. the writing is integral to everything. I thought, yeah, I would think so. And then yeah. um, going right in, like that's a perfect segue to talking about the environmental <clears throat> stuff with uh, yeah. the lead artist Frosty. Um, yeah. I have like a 10 part question. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. But the first part of the question is how in the did he build these things so fast? I guess I would start with that. Like Frosty's a, a monster. Dude, crazy. Like I'm, I'm telling you guys right now. I, so I, I knew Frosty from, well, Frosty's been in my community for years. Um, but I watched him build old SOCOM maps. He recreated them in Unreal Engine. And I, I, so I, I've seen his work get better over time. Um, and like you guys are seeing on screen here with his white box level. So that whole apartment complex, he built that in like a week, white boxed out. And, and we realized that there was a lot of mistakes with scaling and size and stuff like that. So it's a week to get white box and then it's okay well what do we tweak what do we, and man i like I, I don't know how he manages it i really i couldn't tell you that would be a question for him the dude is like i i don't i don't know i i really don't know i give him feedback and things are done the next day and i know he's balancing all of these other projects and all these jobs and he's, he just he just makes it happen um so yeah we we have a team of monsters yeah that's all i can say and and then uh right along those lines uh your prop artist uh chris is that right yeah, um, yeah has built almost everything you said from scratch like all of the assets within game so you're you're kind of if i'm not mistaken that's kind of saying you know you don't have to buy everything off the marketplace right you have an artist that's creating almost all of it yeah, honestly, like I, I, I guess I should have uh, said in the video, Chris has done a, a vast majority of the props that you guys see, but that's also in combination with Frosty as well. Um, but yeah, I'll, pretty much, I would say about 90, 96% of those uh, assets are completely custom made from these two guys. Um, and yeah, the cool thing is, is we we started building out um, our, our first apartment level that you guys kind of see there. Um, and a lot of that stuff can be the, the way we looked at it is if we're building, you know, chairs and desks and stuff to go on tables, all of that stuff can then be reutilized in other levels. Right. So we did a lot of front end work on getting all the props done. And now we're kind of hitting that that moment where these maps are being built and we have a lot of the stuff kind of already. So it might just be a little retexture on a couch to make it look a little different. And then we can use that in another environment to make it fit in there. So it's yeah, it's a pretty cool workflow. Um, but these maps right now take probably. Probably about two months to just go from like start with frosty to bring chris in to, to complete so we still have a long way to go with it but yeah we're we're starting our first or our fourth environment block out uh next week so Jeez, that's crazy and you said in the dev blog to be eight levels in seven environments right 
Yeah, seven seven environments, and then we have one just pretty much the end of the game where, uh, without spoiling anything, you go into this facility, and then the there's a cutscene that happens in the middle, and then you have to escape from the facility. So we're kind of splitting this huge industrial complex across two levels. Dang. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and Crazy. Then, so you have, and then I was I was trying to look through everything and try i'm trying to wrap my head and like around all this stuff and then uh your I, concept... I do too man you're good <laughs> and then uh your concept artist marty is bringing ideas and yeah. vision together which i totally get the the necessity for a concept <clears throat> artist because i can always visualize stuff but i'm i can't ever right. get it like where other people can see it. it's just in, stuck in my head and so you said yeah. you have a neo-noir vibe with inspirations from 2042 um yeah and who was the Luke Fontenoy is the yeah Luke Fontenoy yeah and and Frosty was actually the one who introduced me to him like just with his work and when he brought that forward uh as we were trying to kind of nail what vibe and tone we're going for I fell in love with it it reminded me a lot of like kill zone and old like resistance and stuff so I was like oh yeah this is the tone that we need to hit right now and we we took that inspiration and we we've thrown that towards every single environment we've made so far so and it's cool uh, he actually actually reached out to me on instagram somebody sent him the project and uh he was just like dude that's super cool i was like fuck yeah that's awesome do do you know i was i just noticed it and i know you mentioned it in the uh in the trailer that the reveal that you did but i was just thinking as we're watching it now on the screen the enemy ai yeah like the lights that's that are on them (laughs) yeah do you know specifically what where did the inspiration come from that? Because for whatever reason, I'm thinking Tron Legacy and mm. a little bit of like Battlefield 2042 in there. And I'm sure there's yeah. a bunch of other inspiration in there as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, the big inspiration early on was from things like Killzone with the mm-hmm. Hellgast. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so but what, what we what we first started with was the the AI had these kind of face masks with that kind of almost like a dead space spine effect on the front. And what I said was we could have different enemies lit up different colors, at least with our internal testing to kind of signify what kind of aggression level they're at. Um, So we had three kind of different distinguishing, uh, you know, colors. But what I said was when you're approaching enemies from behind, you don't know who you're fighting. So it was kind of a, how do we just light these guys up so we know what we're seeing from every angle? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of criticism about the the AI characters, and, and rightfully so. Um, they look like fucking Christmas trees. Um, but as we're, you know, working through it, it it's been really good for testing. Um, and it's, it's funny, right. I haven't shown anything yet, but we've already got the concepts of the other characters, like, ready to go. And we're, we're already on the process of cleaning that shit up, so... I think it also, I mean, it also really makes sense because we're, I forgot, you said it's around like what, 20 something years in the future, right? Exactly. So you think like current day you have um, like IR strobes that friendlies would wear. So you're going to see that with infrared, but um, to your point, like Killzone and other other games and, and even movies, we see why wouldn't soldiers have a light to, instead of like, like we look at the war, the Russo Ukraine war right now. Ukraine's wearing uh, yellow armbands, right? Right. Isn't it the same thing? Just 20 years in the future, right? Well, and that's a good thing about the time period we chose because we wanted to keep it grounded, but we are also playing with a little bit of future tech. So we can can lean into things where we need be, but also still keep it grounded. So 
Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Uh, and we have had suggestions for different like armor plating colors and armbands and stuff just to kind of get rid of those lights. And like I said, we're we're already well on our way of kind of working towards that. And of course, we also have to create, you know, <clears throat> this trailer shows one faction that we're going to see mm. within the game. But we have different armor concepts already drafted for different corporations nice. that have different security teams. And yeah. So Very what were cool. the what were some of the challenges with keeping everyone on the same vision because i feel like it's kind of similar to filmmaking which i've had experience with in the past like everybody has to have that same vision they have to have that same goal yeah. post where they're going how hard is it to remotely get everybody on the same page and headed to the right vision that's in your head not honestly man i i'd like to say there was challenges it's it's really not that difficult for us everybody came together and was like this is a fucking cool concept i you know everybody knows that there's a gap in the market for games like this and i think everybody who is working on it is passionate about those kind of games um I, and i always tell the guys like if you have any qualms about anything that goes on just shoot me a dm i'm always here and so far i haven't heard anything so we're kind of yeah we're i guess you're we're, chilling yeah we're just all we're all on the same page with what we're creating and i think that's why we all work so well together and the, the cool thing i always tell people too is this isn't my brainchild right this this was built from the collaboration from started with four and went to now we're at 14 wow. so like it, and everybody who comes in knows what we're doing and they they fuck with it and we all just we all just work in tandem it's like a well-oiled machine right now and i keep telling them i'm waiting to get punched in the mouth <laughs> something's got to fuck up here but honestly yeah. the, the biggest challenge is making sure that we just live up to everybody's expectations and everything that you guys see in the trailer is like it's in game right now this isn't i literally jumped into engine or jumped into the steam build and just recorded so yeah That's I, I, awesome. I don't know what yeah. uh what's the engine big fry is it, is it unreal engine 5 or is it 4 uh we're on uh 4.27 yeah, so it's it's the version I think right before you jump to Unreal Five. Okay, and yeah. I know I mean Crash, you probably have some of these questions there too. But I was just curious, maybe you don't know what Big Five, but maybe maybe it's more of a question for Frosty. Is for like if you when you're giving feedback, if you were to say, "Hey, I want this gun with these attachments in there," yeah, are those I know you said a lot of the the assets are 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 built by your team, mm -hmm. but what at, I I was curious what kind of assets Unreal Engine Five already has thrown in there. Is it more of like an open source type engine where if you create something, it goes into the pool of open source items, or how does that typically work? You know, no. So a lot a lot of our models and assets are built in uh, Blender. Um, okay, but um, like Unreal has things like like Mega Scans, and they're 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 mainly more for like environmental stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, we I think Frosty has utilized a little bit of environmental stuff with like the rocks and stuff that you'll see outside in the outside environments. Um, but yeah, for the most part, when we create something, it's all kind of closed loop. That's our stuff, okay. and then um, we can then just use that in projects. We could put it on the marketplace and sell okay. the stuff because I mean fuck we'd probably make more money than we are going to make just doing this but i don't want to contribute to the one reason why we started it so <laughs> yeah that makes sense. yeah um that's yeah it's crazy i'm learning a lot i really appreciate it um so getting into one last thing i want to do one last thing about kind of the story and overall look before we get into just a little bit of nuts and bolts i want to sure. talk and and forgive me for my ignorance again i did come to gaming pretty pretty late in my <laughs> life 
Um, yeah. The look of the game is kind of unique. It has that comic book. Is that what you refer to as cell shading? That comic book kind of yeah. look to it. Yeah. And I, the game I think of is kind of Borderlands, but it's yeah. not. It's not quite as severe. Is that is yeah. that part of the story? Like to have that look to it, like kind of a um, layer of the story. So what what we find, and and I, I've I've said this for years, when you have games that go hyper realistic, they get dated very very quickly um so a game that comes out in 2007 that looks really good for 2007 you know now it's not as good but when you think of borderlands i could pick up borderlands one today with that stylized approach and still play it and still have a great time world of warcraft is another one of those ones so we wanted to do stylized but we also wanted to do a little bit realistic and yeah you can see like we have the outline shaders and a little bit of post-processing as well um and then obviously we have uh, one thing that I think some people don't like it. I personally think it makes the game look better. We've upped the sharpening just a little bit so that it makes those outlines pop just a little bit more. Um, and one thing I will say, YouTube compression does not do this game justice. When That's you're looking brutal. at this on your monitor, it's fucking gorgeous. So it's a it's a subtle kind of outline cell shade. And it's cool because we didn't actually plan it out like that at first. But when Frosty did the prototype, he did a kind of a low poly comic book cell shaded approach and i really just fell in love with it there and i wanted to take that forward and then when we said we wanted to do the narrative and we leaned into the comic book style i was like well fuck like that's it we're, it's all right there it's yeah, all it's so like cohesive right that's you know? really so i didn't even think about that so yeah that makes so much sense if you go for realism it's eventually going to get dated but if you're stylized yep. it's always going to be in that yep. style that's that's really yep. smart um so i wanted to talk a little bit about weapons buff love sure. weapons um yeah. so yeah. you said there's going to be 13 of them and cody cody zim zimmerman did the weapons yeah correct? cool you betcha and uh so they're all pretty much modeled by him and then what is the customization going to look like and is that mechanic where you, in the trailer where you kind of change it on the fly is that going to be yeah is that going to be in the game um so yeah it's that's exactly how it works in the game so we we took that um approach from 2042 actually i i i didn't like their ui but i like the idea of switching out attachments on the fly um so what happens is as you're kind of going through this world there's different uh accountants is who we call them like the assassins and they leave their stashes all over the place because they're doing jobs kind of you know in the lore around the same areas that you are so when you unlock and find these attachments and different weapons that are technically not yours but they're from other accountants in our story um you now have those attachments to utilize on the weapons that you have and you hit right now you hit b on our keyboard it opens up the ui menu and you can just swap all of these attachments out um and one thing that we we're going to get hated for it. I know that. Um, but you have people who really play Tarkov and they really enjoy weapon customization and utilizing different barrels and different things that only fit on this gun. And you can customize it to make this feel a little different. Ours is a very arcadey approach to that in which in our world, one uh, of the technologies that these corporations all kind of landed on <clears throat> was building all of their weapons to support all of the same platforms. So if you have uh, a barrel that works on uh, an XM5, which is in our game right now, that same barrel might work on another weapon, right? And so they wanted to make this kind of universal 
NWS platform that allows the military to not have to worry about different barrels and calibers and stocks. You can take stock off of an SMG and put it on a, an M4 and it'll work. Um, and that's just kind of part of our science fiction kind of lore of it. Um, and I, again, I know some people are going to hate it. People are already kind of figuring out, you know, what calibers these weapons are going to be yeah, and stuff. That's it's not that it's <laughs> not that deep. I'll say that it's not that deep. And the simple fact is, is because we just want you to get in there, feel like a badass and just kill people with whatever the hell you want to kill people with. As long as you just unlock it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. He, what's he doing over there? You got to watch um, him. He's the gun. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, what are calibers? I don't. I don't know. I I, I know. I know. I and, that, and that's no, what I, I say, man. When people think we're doing milsim, we're we're not. You know, it's, no. we're still trying to be fun with it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about fun. And I think the tone, and everything you captured here, like, you know, I, that's not something I would even think about honestly going into this game. I, yeah. the, the the environment, everything looks so great. This is a game that I I would want to just jump in and experience and not i'm not gonna nitpick calibers or any of that garbage for something like this for sure well and it's weird because like we were warned early on from from some well i was warned from some of the devs on the team that when you start talking about weapons and you have a look like the game that we have Mm -hmm. you'll have people reach out and want to make sure that the guns are 100 percent accurate and so with our glock you see it has a little attachment on the back that lets you kind of slide it quicker and some people were pinpointing like oh this doesn't look like a glock it's very strange to see all of the gun nuts kind of come out of the woodwork to pick apart everything when in real in you know realistic fashion this is the first time i've mentioned anything about that um so yeah just give us a chance and hopefully it's fun yeah and that's that's another it's still super early too exactly that's another thing where i feel like the the single player uh format is really good for that too because you can go crazy with the guns because you don't have to worry about balancing if it's overpowered exactly like, who gives a shit yes. like 100 as long the only thing i said is if we're going down this road with all of these attachments they have to be able to to affect the gunplay i don't right. want to just i don't want a modern warfare to it where i just throw on an attachment and it does nothing so um and that's that system is still i mean we have the system built we just haven't tuned all the weapons yet so yeah that makes that makes sense 2042 was like that at launch the attachments literally did nothing right like I tested them. yeah this yeah crazy. oh yeah <laughs> so then uh moving on a little bit so primal does the ui and ux um yeah what are kind of the uh paradigms you're chasing here as far as ui because i feel mm-hmm. like is it kind of like simplicity and immersion or do you want a lot of information or accessibility to experience the story like i feel like ui is important because it's sometimes it's the first uh impression of your game when someone launches it of course and that's exactly what i said we brought him on to initially do the main menu um and then um just his expertise on on going into our our hud and stuff like that has just been incredible to see um but yeah he he's setting up our main menus um and there i think there's a little shot of it in that dev blog um and even from when we recorded that to where it's at now is gotten so much better um and it's very clean very simplistic i i really i I wanted to do something uh similar to the last of us 2. i just said like jump in give us the options for like a new game load game settings exit and let's just get people in and out without fucking around on ugly menus right um and that's kind of been our philosophy for all of this stuff so that makes sense and then um how is the hud going to be in game have you talked about that at all like is it going to be a minimalistic for realism or are you going to have a lot of information on the screen 
so no we have we have no hud in the game unless you're in like a customization menu um and actually um do i have hold on, I'll, I'll dm this to you i don't know if you want to show this on stream i sent this to the, our, our channel members today and this is just a little uh that's what made me think about it. i saw it i could probably find it oh you did see it oh yeah, if I... you want to show it you can because that that kind of shows that is the most extensive hud that you're gonna see in game Okay, I'll get the I'll yeah. get the production team on it straight away. Sure, yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, is it the the plus? I sent you the or the screen. The it, I sent it to you on Twitter. Gotcha. Or I guess you could go to the community tab too. Or just pulling it up. Yeah, I'll get it around. But yeah, has, has UI? So when we talked when we talked to Jim uh, from EA, he said the UI like in Battlefield was like a huge huge processing cost. Are you guys yeah. finding any challenges with that? Like with having no. UI on the screen being an issue? No, honestly, we it's it's been seamless. We we had the systems kind of built for the customization beforehand. And if you're a community member, you, like you saw the first picture. That was our concept art, right? And then we kind of took it to where it's at here on screen. Um honestly, man, we we had we had uh Primal come in and within a week he had our our menu kind of mocked up and ready to go and he's just been kind of polishing adding like little glitch effects and kind of building out from there it's it's been it's been seamless so so uh working uh working for hulu wasn't a prerequisite to, to no <laughs> not at all honestly Good. no um it's funny because the one thing that was lacking was our 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 like menu system and, and ui and frosty knew uh primal from uh primal dominion i think is where he worked in a couple other games and he just sent me his like kind of portfolio and i was like yeah let me talk to him and a day later he's working for us so that's Very cool nice. it's really cool yeah. to see how it all all come together that's, that's come yeah together I, I yeah. really like I like the image we have on screen there. I, I really like that. And it just makes me think of um not that it's the same, but it does make me think insurgency insurgency sandstorm where like you're swapping mm. weapons and you get that T menu. I think it's like very very right. minim minimalistic, like you said, but you know, you don't need anything fancy. You're just getting right to the point. And that's yeah. what, that's similar to what I'm seeing here, which is great. Yeah, the the initial um because we knew we wanted to be able to switch attachments on the fly, so our initial um inspiration was actually crisis. Um mm -hmm. so you can you can definitely see the crisis kind of inspiration right. there. So yeah. I've I've loved that with like twenty forty two and with uh even World War Three has their little backpack system where you can yep, exactly that's so nice. Yep. To be able to just do yeah, it on I, the fly. I, yeah and, and like with this we we had some people suggest that we have like you know animations i think world war three does it so when you click a scope it kind of like flies into the screen and attaches and yeah. i just don't want to fuck around with all that stuff like just let me let me throw on an okp and kill some people you know yeah so i feel like i don't know i would feel like there's no reason to introduce more complexity for bugs and exactly things. yeah exactly don't really they don't really add that much in my mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah so on the audio side sound effects designed yeah. uh what enmity the night enmity yeah he's yep. on the audio and sound effects design so that's the stuff you hear in game while you're playing right and then zach does yep. music exactly cool. yep um so as far as like, like the audio and sound effects audio uh, audio is another thing that i feel like is something i overlook in my videos even sometimes i'm like mm -hmm. audio is so so important and a lot of times you just you, you, you spend so much time on the visuals you don't think how important a layer of yeah. the audio is um, so what are you guys working on audio wise as far as to try to make it immersive and like how is for, to the best of your knowledge, how is unreal with like dealing with audio and getting really 
crisp, good weapon sounds and sound effects. So Unreal is pretty baseline standard when it comes to that stuff, but you have other um, plugins and other um, things you can tie into the engine, things like WYs. And um, if you're talking about like voice chat, you have things like FMOD and stuff. Um, but yeah, audio right now, like w ours is, I'll say this, I'll just be completely honest. Ours is good, um, but we don't have a lot of the stuff that we need to really make it where we want it right now um and that's things like the like the the when you're moving your gun and when you jump up to this menu here you you can hear the weapon kind of you know all all of those little intricacies that we all overlook but once they're in there it, it's night and day um so we have a lot of our reloads we have obviously like footsteps um and footsteps for you know uh you can hear in the trailer um when somebody's kind of walking over you on that metal rail you can kind of hear the the heavy footsteps of the like the, just the metal and stuff um it's still very early work in progress for that um but we're, we're trying we're, we're we're trying to get there he has a lot of audio the, the the one problem that we do have is he's not very um knowledgeable on the implementation so if you're talking about like a clog in our workflow right now it's he has all of this audio ready to go but we also have only a couple programmers that now have to take the time to implement them and they're doing more important things right now. So I think audio is going to be one of those things where it's going to come in, in kind of the more later stages of development. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then as mm -hmm. far as like the music goes, was I'm assuming the music was all done by Zach for the trailer and stuff like that. And like, yeah, yeah. How are you using that as kind of a medium for storytelling? Like are, what are some of the inspirations from the music? Um, so inspirations for the music, it, it, we're obviously, um, we, we, li we listen to a lot of different inspirations cause we want each track to have the same kind of melodies, but they all have to hit different vibes. Um, so the one in the teaser, we wanted to basically explain what the game is. So we started off with really subtle kind of, you know, droning noises and a little bit of the melody and then once the action picks up because the game's stealth action right so we had kind of a, a nice little stealth approach to the first half of the teaser and then it goes balls to the walls gunning and so we kicked up the snares and the drums and and so we kind of just take that approach to everything we're working on a track right now that's going to be in our first environment and it's that um, you know, jazz club in the in the 80s in New York with the smoking and that that noir vibe that we initially started with. So we're making that track right now to really hit that that intro to the game. But then at some point in the level, things kind of shit itself. So we got to ramp things up a little bit. So it's it's kind of just approaching it how what's actually going on in the environments. So yeah, that's really cool. I feel like a lot of games and some of the games that you've criticized a little bit don't. I like coming from somewhat of a filmmaking background, like audio is such a huge layer to the story. You have like all mm -hmm. these layers to the story. And I feel like in games that gets overlooked a fair amount, like with what, um, oh, yeah. especially in a story game, like what music can do to the story. You see it, yep. you see how important it is, like from like the game awards and stuff where they did the, like the God of War live with the orchestra, like how, power, yeah, right? how powerful audio can be. So I was saying to my girlfriend, I, I, I want to get to a point one day where we can utilize an orchestra for, soundtracks and music because that that shit even watching like man I, I miss when games did like the behind the scenes videos when they recorded yeah. some of the soundtrack and stuff and you just i, I just I love that stuff yep i love that too and yeah hearing all that stuff and like when they do like mm -hmm. they did the dice to just did a or did a like an orchestra set with their a lot of the battlefield themes and music over the years and stuff mm. and that, that would have been amazing live i feel like 
Well, and the cool thing is, is like, <laughs> I, I really like working with Zach because I, I sit there and he's like, well, so what kind of vibe do you want to hit? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, just like, can we get like some boom, 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 boom. And then he's sitting there and we're just in a call and he's like, okay, hey, hold on, pulls up a p- piano and he starts hitting synths. And I'm like, well, that one right there, right there. And then he starts building off of that. And we just, man, we're, I think four tracks into the the soundtrack right now. And it's just been, it's just been actually really fun to do. That's cool um yeah there's just so much i started putting like these questions together and thinking about all this stuff and like even i forget like how much there is to it yeah Um, it's it's crazy so yeah wrapping up uh just a little bit i feel like we've kind of covered like the individual aspects of the game uh up until this point like what are the what are some of the things that you're the most proud of like to, to where you're at now um i'm hearing some background noise from somebody i'm not sure who that is I think I <laughs> my, my man muted. I'm sorry. Um, so honestly, bro, I'm proud of everything. Like, and I, I hate to be like that and, and give you kind of a, the, the cop out answer. Um, I, I'm most proud of the fact that we've made so many people uh, happy and excited for what we're doing. Um, and for me personally, it's just the fact that we've been able to pull this off in the time frame that we have with the resources that we have and just kind of seeing it all come to a really cohesive vision I think you guys knew exactly what we were making from the trailer, you know? And I, I think that's like, we got our message across. That was my first step. Cause like I, I was telling the team the other day, we have all of this insane dev talent from guys who are unknown in this industry. And then you have me who I've just been roasting games for six years on YouTube. Like, but what I can bring to the table is project management. And you now have a way to market this project. We have right, a complete pipeline and we're building this game to go directly to those people. So for me, the message had to get across perfectly because if I fumbled the ball now, then all of this work that these guys have been doing is for nothing. And I, I think we fucking drove it home and I think we nailed it. So yeah, I'm just I'm proud of fucking everything we've done. Yeah, that's cool how it's all come together. And yeah, that marketing aspect is huge. Like to have that, yeah, have a base of people, and you're building it for that. It it should should work out. You'd think it looks good on paper. Um, it looks good on paper, right? <laughs> we just have to execute. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then you talked about like you're waiting for something to blow up in your face. Um, that's often yeah. how I live my life too. Um, yep. But but has anything like jumped out, surprised you up until this point? That's more of a challenge than you thought. Or is it been um, pretty smooth? I, I mean, I think for me, like a lot of people, I don't think could manage their time the way that we do. Um, that it, it's always a challenge, right? I, I wake up and it's like, okay, who needs to talk to me today? Okay, I got messages from these two guys. Okay, here, let's set up a meeting. Can you guys make it for this? Like, we, I literally take every single day, one day at a time, and whatever comes my way, we just figure it out right then and there. And if you guys can't come to me right now let's set up a fucking time and we'll schedule it and just go from there um the biggest i I would say probably the one time where i I felt like we might have been punched in the mouth but thankfully we squashed it really quick we brought somebody on early on who was doing that everybody was doing work and and they were contributing but they knew and everybody on the team knew that it wasn't at the same quality standard that everybody else was doing it at. Um, so early on, we we basically just had to have the conversation. It's like, Hey man, we, we've got to, we've got to just kind of part ways. Right. Um, and that's unfortunate. I felt that's really tough. bad, 
but oh dude it sucks and the thing is is like they were the ones who pretty much came to me and said that they know um and it was like all right i'm sorry i'm sorry but uh he hit me up the other day when the trailer went out and he's like dude i'm so fucking proud of what you guys did and because he was there like you know early day right so he knew he knows where we were and then to see that and i told him i was like man i, I still appreciate everything you did uh i got you with a game key when the game comes out like i i no disrespect to nobody like we're, we're all person. just trying to yeah honestly like we're all just trying to make something happen and uh, yeah yeah I, cool. I see that a lot and I, i'm sure buff does in his job it's like a lot of times when you criticize people's work or something's not going right and you say you want something different people take yeah. it personally like right off the bat it seems like it's yeah. really, it's cool to see people that understand like business yeah hum, human nature right i i get it you know and I'm especially saying. when it comes to a field like this like this is your work this is what you put your your life into right so when things don't work out or people want th certain things tweaked yeah you can't you can't take that shit to heart and i i know it's hard i fuck up on that every single day but yeah i have uh I... <laughs> um so as far as like launch goals we're shooting for 2023 um and i also yeah. Some of the, like, I don't, yeah, we don't need to get into financial stuff and we won't, but some of the things on the surface, I, I really have respected. You mentioned that um, no pre-orders, no crowdfunding, which has been an issue of games. Like you said, that asset flip pre-order crowdfund, look at a cool trailer yep. we made. Oh yeah. Thanks. We'll see you later. Um, hundred percent. So you're still shooting for 2023 sometimes um, and no pre-orders or crowdfunding what are some of the things and reasonings behind that and like shooting for the price point that you mentioned um so i i think a lot of it comes down to i just really know my audience i i read every single comment i have for years i know where people's minds are when it comes to price points what they would pay for certain experiences and people are just getting sick and tired of kickstarters you know um, I watched Project Z and th this was kind of a main inspiration for this Project Z I think looks incredible and I watched those guys come from their first project to where they're at now and it's clear they they've made so much progress and they're they're making a game that visually and and fundamentally looks fucking awesome they went to Kickstarter after all the hype and they didn't succeed on it and I saw that and I was like it's clear people are just sick and tired of it we got burned on games like dead matter people pre-ordering battlefield 2042 you see it in all never pre-order pre-orders are fucking they're going to be a thing of the past soon if people keep fucking up the way they're they're fucking up I hope so um, and and the thing is like if, if I was promoting this to to a group of people outside of my community like the general gaming public pre-orders would be on the table but we're a niche, we're a minority, but that's who I'm advertising to. So you, you have to play to your strengths. And we were watching the premiere live and we said no pre-orders and people were psyched. And then when we hit that price point and I said, we're shooting at 10 to 15, we watched our discord numbers boop, 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 yeah, that's instantly. Awesome. So we, we knew we hit it out of the park with it. Um, and we've actually seen quite a few people, which get this gamers, telling you that they would actually pay more for the product in its current state that's how like you know you're doing well sure. right and so you, and you, you know what the cool part is like people what? will be able to check it out and watch other people play it and they don't yeah. have to pre-order to get special game changing items within the game like i that's one exactly. of the reasons i hopped on board to support it as much as i can with my small audience is the fact that i just appreciate the honesty um i appreciate like getting rid of those scummy practices that like while originally they might not have started out that bad have become somewhat yeah. predatory in the industry in my opinion with pre-orders and and crowdfunding especially that's mm -hmm. sketchy 
Oh. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and especially for us, man, like it's a it's a YouTuber making a game. Like, who has confidence in that, right? There's so many comments you'll see even under the trailer video of like people saying they expected it to look like shit, and like it doesn't. So I I think we just we have to just prove to people first, um, and then you know who knows three or four games down the line if there's a pre order, I think we could probably pull that off because we built that customer support, right? But who knows? yeah it's a kind of i i really like it how you're just kind of a prove it mentality like we're gonna prove to you yep. that it can be done you can succeed without doing that stuff and yeah i yep. think that's smart that's one of the reasons i'm i'm really just appreciative of the honesty in that manner you Hell don't yeah. see it that often anymore um so let's see one of the things that i did see someone ask quite a bit was like how is it it's probably it might be too early to tell but what are you kind of shooting for as far as like minimum specs, like who will be able to play it? Man. Have- yeah. We we've gotten that question a lot. Uh, th- th- we're still building the game out right now. Um, there's certain, there's certain parts uh, of our maps that run fucking 140 FPS. But then with what we're doing for level streaming, when things are loading, it, it might drop down to, to 60. It might drop down to, to 40. Like we're still building that part. We don't know. Of course, we want to. We want as many people to be able to play it as possible, right? And you know, people want it on console as well. I don't know if that's something we could pull off in the future. I doubt it, but we're gonna need to play with minimum specs, kind of being on the low end, right? Um, but we'll see. I already had a couple of those questions in the uh, in the chat. When's it coming to console, dude? We we want it, man. Like I, I want it on console. I, I I again, I don't know if that's doable in in you know with the resources we have right. and like I, I see like josh asked what's even the need for a pre-order if we put the pre-orders out right now we could work and have the money to be able to plan for those kind of things but i'm just not doing it because that's just so much added pressure you know yeah so yeah i i'd love it on consoles we're building everything right now with controller support in mind um not to say there will be at launch but like every time a feature goes in it's like okay well what what control is that going to be how is it going to feel and we're kind of building it out that way so if console porting does come in the future we're already in mind for that so that's cool yeah that's a large audience yeah um so not to get too far ahead in the future um let's 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 go under the premise that it's successful does well um sure was there would there be any dlc Mm. on the table or are you going to go for that next game like the co-op shooter you mentioned um so we kind of have a rough um draft up of what we would want to do based on how much money we make so let's say let's say the game goes out and after steam takes their cut and after taxes and all that shit we have you know 50 grand sitting at the table we can't invest that into a multiplayer project but could we maybe do a dlc with some of this profit that we made and just kind of fuck off into the sunset after with you know 20 grand profit type shit right um it it all depends on how successful it is we again we're taking that kind of day by day too if this goes out and it sells a hundred thousand units well we're probably just going to invest in a fucking sequel because that's a decent chunk of change um but if if it's successful but not really that much and it's it's more of a risk at this point to do it it it, it just wouldn't be worth it we just kind of have to accept uh, assess how the launch goes right that makes sense Mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, that's most of what I had other than like how people can stay in touch. Buff, did you have some stuff before? Because I, I kind of hogged everything. I was, like, I was on a roll, <laughs> man. I was you going. You did, dude. You, you know, you just come in here and you take over the show and you don't, me, don't want me to say anything. I, no, my... I think I think he covered a lot of stuff. Um, I don't really have too much to add. I think I, I got in my questions for weapons, assets. At, um, I mean, overall, I watched that video and I was very, very impressed as to where you guys were at after i mean people need to keep in mind it's also only six months which is yeah. insane and it, it, you know it reminds me we had this discussion crash when uh when we had jim on the show from from his development talking about uh, his development over on battlefield is like the age of indie developers is you know we have things like i mean big fry you mentioned it and you've covered them on your channel like ground branch we also have sandstorm your game uh road to vostok uh spc5k there's a bunch of games exactly. out there that are just very indie startups. Um, you have you maybe insurgency is, is one of those exceptions, but they look better than a lot of AAA games. And I think that's that's where you see where insurgency did um after a couple of years coming over to the consoles um and kind of revitalize the fan base there. So that's really I think where we're at, especially on the console community, me being a uh PS5 guy myself mainly right. is we're just dying for games like that over here. We're just can't get enough of it. You know? So when insurgency came, that was, that was like a, the only, I feel like that was like one of the very good few, few games we got that was one of those grounded tactical games. Um, you don't see much of those anymore. So it's weird where gaming has come. And I think you're providing a, uh, you and your team are providing a, a really good service, which, you know, gamers in general specifically fps players here really really are thirsty for for titles like this so yeah well and, and the thing about like insurgency is where where i think they're failing and and it's it's really it's no fault to them but a lot of these guys just don't have the resources to keep up with live service titles right. you know you talk about modern warfare they're already dropping season one they got their mid-season update like mm -hmm. these guys have pipe like the the content in the pipeline for months in advance right and with the indie guys what happens like when you look at insurgency sandstorm they sold half a million copies on pc in the first month that game has never hit 500,000. It hasn't even hit 100,000, I don't think. Right. But so the, the problem is, is people will buy it. And this is this is where I think Insurgency's kind of business strategy is dope. People buy it up front, play it for a little while, get bored of it, and then leave it. And these guys just don't have to upkeep the, the that kind right. of amount of servers, right? But the problem is, is I, I just, when I want to go to multiplayer and I want to do PvP, I want to do it right. And I want to compete with the triple a space in not just visuals and not just feel i want to compete with that live service mentality and i think that's another part as to why we never you know went to multiplayer first right off the bat because there's no point in putting a game out putting all this effort here and then just having it wash away in the first 30 days right, right. And, and i'm sure you guys are paying attention to this you know down the road when you do decide to potentially go that route someday is uh like you said using insurgency <clears throat> as one example is their their content has definitely been very very slow especially mm -hmm. me and my buddies playing that we're just like man we need more content more content and every update they do is is good but it's just not doesn't seem like it's enough and then you have um i'm not sure if you've played it, the ismc mod right so we mm -hmm. have like the modding community which is just spitting yep. out more content than the actual game is capable of doing yeah um, so that's that's where almost like i think you're in a good spot as as an indie team 
is you look at like the modding community doing that stuff. You're almost you're almost like the modding community building it from the ground up. So you have the capability to get all of that into your title yeah. down the road as a, as a service. Um, yeah. I want, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm. I I totally messed up. Can I do Can I do some really bad hosting and journalism? Um, okay, I sure. well, I forgot Always. to talk about AI, and I I really wanted to just real quick. Sure. Um, that Flow is working on, uh, Flow Beatbox, yeah. and with the AI, and I just wanted to get like a little bit of insight. How big of a challenge is AI? Because I see games with it, it can be incredibly make or break. Tarkov is one of the games where AI is really important with the scaps and stuff, and some of their behaviors yeah. can be so frustrating. So. What are some of the things, and that'll be the last question about the game. I'm sorry. I just, sure. I, I'm no, it's fine. It. Um, so AI for us right now, we, we've looked at a bunch of different games, uh, Escape from Tarkov being one of them, even though that's kind of over a network and that has its own challenges. Um, but if you look at, you know, even games like Trepang 2 or Fear and kind of how the AI reacts to certain things, um, a, a big inspiration for me would be things like Gears of War, where they actually take cover and they peek out and they do. That has been our biggest fucking challenge right now. We're nowhere near where we want to be with it. But um, one of our programmers, Justin, is actually implementing our cover system as we speak right now. Um pushed a bunch of stuff just yesterday actually um so what we want is for the ability for the ai to navigate around the map um we obviously have things like when you're in the stealth uh you know in the shadows they're not alerted to you if they see you visually or if they hear you that is in the game right now where they now know where you are they hunt you down um we have them being able to to kind of pull back and be aggressive towards you as you're you know, it basically they kind of take a line trace to see where you're at. Um, but there, there's so much more we can do with it. And that is our biggest challenge, honestly, for, for a single player title, AI is fucking brutal, but you look at things like, like fear or trepang, right. a lot of that AI is pretty basic. You know, they, they don't take cover. They might crouch behind things, but they're not putting their shoulder up to anything. They're not interacting with the environment in a more realistic way. Um, so we're, we're trying to get there. Um, Right now, if we were to ship the game right now for ten bucks, I think the AI is passable, but it's not where I want it to be. So, we got to do a lot of work on it still. I bet it's tough. And then I'm an incredibly I'm a liar. Um, so Frankie did inertia. <laughs> uh, sure. And, uh, pro- how do I? God, I'm old and blind. Do you know how to scroll down the document? Jesus Christ! Somebody's gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna blame it on the production team. They're supposed to have this sure. stuff. In order of and in front of dude, me. They're so they're so dude, big. Yeah. You gotta get a new production team, yeah. dude. They're, yeah. They suck. I know. It's painfully obvious. <laughs> um, so yeah, Frankie did the inertia, and that's one of the things that was so cool is like you could see those little bit of sways and stuff like that. Yeah. And in the dev vlog, you talked about the movement. So you're gonna have leaning, prone movement, like all yeah. that stuff. I think leaning is so important. It, it's, it's so cool. sweet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that the, looks so fluid already. Yeah, honestly, man, like yeah, if I were to tell Frankie to be like, yeah, you know, scrap all this shit and rebuild it right now, he could probably do that shit in a week, like straight up. That like his system is fucking nuts. Um, the one thing that we don't have yet is when you go prone, we have it so you basically like move the gun forward and kind of drag yourself up. So you kind of have like a crawling state. But one thing that I wanted because it is it can get a little fast paced at times. We want to be able to crawl between cover really quick. So I was like, what if we took that hand motion from you guys remember Battlefield Four? When you're mm-hmm. kind of moving around and the hands pulling you forward right. and it's a faster movement, we have the animations. 
all all it takes is Frankie to just implement it. And probably by the end of January, we'll have that in there, um, as well as some other cool things that we haven't even talked about yet. But yeah, the animation system and the, the actual controller itself, I'm I'm gonna toot my horn for once. It's rivaling the best of the best. Like it feel like I, I go back and I play even and I hate to name names, but even playing games like Ground Branch it's so right. much smoother it's it, there's there's little to no clunk with this at all you know um so i'm excited for people to actually feel it it looks good like i just yeah. i love that little not over the top like super crazy sway but like that little bit of inertia that you see yeah you're your strafing mm -hmm. in the trailer i i really like to see that and i i know you mentioned that it it went together really well in frankie Gilbert. Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's another question i was gonna ask sounds like you, you might have a hard time keeping all your developers around there's pretty talented um you know yeah we've talked about that uh that's actually a conversation that i've had multiple times but you know what i said i said if i could spend the money now to have these guys get scooped up and be in a position to where they're in the industry and they're doing their dream go for it dude leave fuck it like I'll, I'll eat that cost as long as everybody on the team can go and do their thing and make make real money doing it fucking go for it leave bail that's all yep. i want to see so yep. and that's one thing too that's why i credited everybody in the in the trailer as well or in the wow. dev blog because they're fucking they're killers and that's that's what i wanted to talk about all the teams too that's why i had that stuff out because i sure I think they're killing it too i wanted to bring that up I always thought yeah. that too. You can't really fault anybody for wanting to better their position. No, life. of course not. No, never. Really I mean, cool. I, not gonna lie. If I if I got <laughs> if I woke up to that DM, I'd be like, "Well, for fuck." But like at the end of the day, I get it, right? Yep. Totally get that. So yeah, sorry. That's I'm I'm done with the, the cool. game stuff. Um, <laughs> no, it's I all good. Man. It. Um, how can people stay up to date? I know you mentioned like wishlisting is a really good way. Discord and yep. membership to your channel gets you sneak peeks and stuff, right? It, it gets you yeah it gets you sneak peeks if you're just looking to stay up to date if you want to support it literally wishlist it now and join our discord those are the two main things so once there's an update i'm going to be putting devlogs out on my channel there's no schedule for them just whenever i feel we have enough stuff to showcase more cool stuff to you guys we'll we'll throw it out there so if you're sub to the channel if you're in the discord and honestly a wish list for us a lot of people are worried about specs and stuff like that eventually we'll be able to to gather people's um system specs if they have that like shareable and toggled so we kind of know our wish list based on what kind of pcs they're running so then we can be like okay so we got to kind of target you know this graphics card or whatever so yeah just kind of get involved man uh, I, of course if you become a channel member if you donate all that stuff cool i don't even want to promote that stuff outside of whatever i've said in the dev vlog we're, we're doing great as is right now and we got some things lined up uh which might take us to the next level we don't know yet but we're doing great so far yep i'm just i'm i'm selfish and i want to see it succeed because i, I want to see more games follow this practice of being honest yeah. being transparent like not having to do the pre-order things so that's why i'm 100 i'm a bad person but anyway so i think that's about all i had what i was going to talk to you just a little bit if you got a little bit more time i don't want to go too long of course, I'm um, here. what do, what are you playing these days like what what are you feeling like is going on in the industry now as far as like what games are you enjoying right now is there anything because it's yeah, tough so, man um i'm playing i'm playing the rotation right now is world of warcraft that's my main new expansion just came out so i'm rocking with that um honestly i'm playing battlefield and overwatch i haven't touched modern warfare 2 in probably like two weeks 
I've just been rocking Battlefield for kind of my my military first person shooter kick, and then Overwatch just for the competitive nature. And uh, that's kind of it. Playing shit like Fall Guys and just kind of messing around outside of the shooter space. Which Battlefield? Twenty Forty Two. All right. I know, I know, but it's it's fun. Uh, you know what? I think a lot of it comes down to uh, the skill based matchmaking in Modern Warfare really turned me off of competitive shooters like that so we've been saying like we dude i i smoke weed i we just get high play fucking 2042 i don't care if i win or lose i just drove a tank somewhere and had some fun you know Um, (laughs) and then i I, I get my competitive kick from overwatch right yep i love playing battlefield 5 i still go back to that one when i play battlefield um so i didn't touch five much to be honest i didn't like it at launch and never ever did go back i probably should though it feels good I think yeah. it, it's one of the smoothest games because it's like a, it has pretty arcadey and fairly fast movement, but they added lean yeah. so you can have manual lean. The slide oh, okay. is, I dude, it's my favorite like movement of any shooter pretty much. The slide is Hell like yeah. a little bit ridiculous, but it has a super long cooldown so you can't spam it. Um, mm, so like cool. you can get out of trouble. You can, it feels good because you can reload while you're sprinting or sliding, so you can like reload, get the cover. And it, it, I just nice. feel like I can make my character do what I want to in that game. But. You know, I I will say like they they had it nailed with Battlefield One in terms of their movement, the visual style, like everything Dude. was such a great cohesive vision. But I don't know why they deterred so much when they went to twenty forty two. Everything was just a mess. And yeah. even still, like there there are some things like I, I don't understand why we have specialists still. I I just don't yeah. like why why are we making these choices? Like for me, I guess like. I'd much rather get roasted as a dev for not innovating, but still making a good product that stays true to it, the classics right. than innovating on shit that doesn't work. Right. And that's, that's been my thing. Like a lot of people will ask me cause I built my channel on like covering 2042 and the lead up to it. And like, why yeah. aren't you playing it? It's like, because it's getting better and it is getting better. And I feel like the game is. is finally getting to where their vision is. But to yep. me, their vision is just so off from what made battlefield awesome for me. Um, yeah, I, I think um, it feels like a good lobby shooter exactly that's exactly how i run it man like i i don't take it serious i I jump in for the new content have fun and then it's like okay if i want to get sweaty man i don't even like i said i haven't played modern warfare in like two weeks and i think that i think that multiplayer at launch just really turned me off every fucking game i was leaned forward sweating my fucking ass off and i just i can't like what what were you gonna say i was just saying we've been i've been playing it quite a bit though with the stack playing search and destroy and we've been kind of treating it like rainbow six siege and just sweating our asses off and some of the lobbies we get into dude are so insane like the people man like i I know when i'm about to approach a hacker lobby i haven't seen a lot of them but like you know that level right before it's about to kick you up to like you're about to play against phase clan we're there every single night and even if i have bad games it just always it's always sweaty i just it's just not fun yeah i mean we know it like after we've won like three or four in a row in yep. search it's like get ready like this mm-hmm. this next one's gonna be something else <laughs> yeah yep. to, and, and like to, to me i think the whole mentality of punishing you for doing well is horseshit yeah um, you know and i i think i said in a video like when we played you know 2007 2009 modern warfare 2 you didn't know what you were going to get in a lobby. You mm-hmm. might get your ass kicked, but then the next, it, it felt, it felt fair and, and modern warfare 20, even 2019, this one I think is even worse with the skill-based matchmaking. It's tight. Or maybe I'm just better at it. It's just, 
you you win once and at least in my experience and you're about to you're about to just try for the rest of the night there's no relaxation no um, so and i think that's why i play 2042 and and again overwatch i'm not very good at but you know yeah they, that's why that's why i've always historically liked the battlefield games especially with the ones that used to have private host your own servers yeah, you don't need to worry about it you can just get in there with some buddies and just stay mm-hmm. in that server for the whole night and have a yep. good time yeah exactly it, 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 like it's like they're losing the fun factor for the players yeah. who actually know how to play right i'm sure modern warfare 2 is the most fun for the guys who literally just picked up a controller and they're 12 years old right, right? but like for us we we just like Give little, us a fucking break for little once. Timmy like, no thumbs, have, little Timmy No Thumbs. Little Timmy No Thumbs is vibing out there. He's having a good exactly, time. Exactly, bro. He's he's buying the skins and everything. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> yeah. But that's the thing about it is like in those days when it was just about ping and your your server your yep. uh, lobbies were random. It's like you win some and you lose some, but you get rewarded mm-hmm. with getting better by starting to win more than you lose. You're still gonna yes. lose. You're still gonna win, but you win more. And it feels yes. good. It's like it works so hard at keeping you at like a one win loss and a one KD. Yep. It's like you never feel like you're getting any better and stop fun. Like the respawn game modes, like the multiplayer stuff is completely dead to me for COD. I never like play it's it. so boring. That's I have I to play played search. TDM I haven't played TDM and COD unless it unless somebody else queues for me in a party. I'll never I take it off instantly. I can't stand it. And COD spawns have always been fucked. Like mm-hmm. always. always. Since like yeah. since like man, playing Call of Duty way back in the day, they've always been trash. They've never been able to fix it. So like why even play it? I usually <laughs> only play search. On this uh, game, Prisoner Rescue was a great mode. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. It is good. Yeah. Right. There's way yeah, more to it than so. I thought there would be. There's a lot more strategy mm-hmm. to it. I miss that man Play, playing SOCOM back in the day. They had the VIPs and you actually had to like escort them. So it was like AIs that would follow you and you had to like bring them to the end. I, I love modes like that. So Mo- Modern Warfare is innovated in places where I think it needs to, but that skill base just killed it for me. Completely. What did you, what did you, I've always wanted to ask you this big friend. I'm not sure if yeah. you've covered it. I'm sure you've probably done a video on it before, but now here we are with the state of gaming here in 2022. Yeah. One game that I, I, I was talking with Blue the Robot when we had him on the past couple of times and was uh I I I feel if they they redid it and released it today, probably like one of the number one shooters would be Medal of Honor Warfighter. What are your thoughts on that yeah. game and just kind of being like way ahead of its time and just not having the support that it really needed back then? Yeah, it's funny. Uh when you look at warfighter and and kind of the 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 hud and the visual style and some of the movement they had there you could definitely tell that their resources were spent on battlefield um but medal of honor was a great fucking game i don't get the hate that was it was it warfighter was the what year did that one come out 2012 and that was that was the the game right yeah that was the sequel yeah yeah okay i never understood why people hated the game so much i played it and granted at the time i was obviously playing well 2012 2013 was battlefield right so you know i guess 2011 would have been battlefield 3 that was clearly my main my main game at the time but i I really loved warfighter and even Mm -hmm. even the 2010 version i thought like you they weren't they weren't as good as Call of Duty at the time, right? Black Ops was 2012. That's probably what happened, right? Yeah. Um, I just, I think kind of like Titanfall, EA just doesn't know what to do with their franchises outside of outside of Battlefield. And now, fuck me, even Battlefield. <laughs> you know, when they dropped Titanfall in between, what was it? Bat- was it Battlefield 4? And yeah. I can't remember what Call of Duty was coming. Like, you just killed that game. I, I don't, I, I just don't get it. But yeah, I, I think I, if, I think if, 
if they came out today with Warfighter and actually put fucking effort into it and made it, you know, on the level of a modern warfare, but took out things like skill-based matchmaking, fucking make a killing now, dude. Yeah. Look at how yeah. starved we are for a game like that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And they Fuck had yeah. some really good uh like one life modes and they had like that buddy system and things like that. So it was just a very unique oh, take yeah. on it was so different from everything because you had like your your squad buddy which could mm -hmm. revive you give you there was a lot that, of yeah. very unique features there it was really cool yeah yep it's uh it's a lot different i hope we get back to that and that's like i hope that like fry's game is like a success story and can be an example for folks that like there is still a market for this type of game and uh for there that is. and for your practices when it comes to the honesty and like how you're promoting and selling and stuff mm -hmm. i just appreciate that so um yeah i think that's probably an episode guys i don't want to take up too much more of your time it's been an hour and a half it flew by um hell yeah dude thank you so much for, for taking your of course time. I, I can't thank you enough yeah. because we basically talked for an hour and a half about how busy you are and then uh <laughs> fucking welcome yeah welcome to my life guys yeah and, uh, yeah man the fact you took the time to, to come on our, our little show just speaks about yeah. your character dude i, I appreciate it no, so much man. i i I, just, I like talking to people about shit i like talking to like-minded people who i think you guys are in the same boat as me like you you know gaming is in the shit right now and there's little gems here and there that we can kind of clamp to but it's nowhere close to where it was so right exactly um, all right guys well next week this show will go up uh on the scope channel the pod will and we'll also tweet out the audio only version if you're interested in listening to it while you're driving at work uh hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep and uh <laughs> yeah guys thank you again so much we'll be live back on uh mine and buff channels next week we shoot for mondays uh, around the same time and just talk about everything that's happened with fps games in the week and um uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for stopping in. Fry, thank you. Buff, thank you so much. Sorry I talked the whole damn time. Um, <laughs> My man just muted. <laughs> All right. We'll I'm out. You. I'm out. All right. I'm out. Catch you guys later. See you.